Matthew Walker began his career in Britain, training as a doctor. He's now a professor of neuroscience and psychology at the University of Berkeley, California. His best-selling book, Why We Sleep, has been translated into over 40 languages. He describes to Michael Barclay why sleep is essential for our health and also for our creativity. You describe in your book a chance conversation with a pianist several years ago 
which you describe as one of the most scientifically significant of your life. What did this pianist say to you? This was when I was uh, living in England and they just declared it the decade of the brain and I was asked to give a public lecture. I gave it on sleep and I spoke about the relationship between sleep, the emerging relationship then between sleep and memory. But then a musician, a pianist came up to me at the end of that talk and said... I, it's, I have this very strange experience. I'm trying to learn a new piece and I'm practicing and practicing sometimes late into the night and I just can't get it. I keep making errors. And then I come back the next day and I sit down at the piano and I can just play. And those words, I can just play, resonated so strongly with me because they unlocked a hypothesis and it was a hypothesis that violated a standard belief, which was that practice makes perfect. And what I realized is that it's not practice that makes perfect, but perhaps practice with a night of sleep that leads to perfection. And so I went away and started conducting studies to test exactly that theory. And it took us over 10 years of work to demonstrate that. But that's exactly what we found. And uh, I think many musicians will experience this. We even found that sleep is intelligent, that sleep, when it improves your musical performance, it doesn't just improve it across the board. It goes after the very specific problem points that you're having and it smooths them out. So now that music flows without any of those errorful gaps that you have. So I am so grateful for that uh, piece of, of scientific wisdom that the musician gave me. I'd love to find him again and give him a hug and thank him. Why do you think we find it so difficult to adjust when the clocks change by just one hour? It's a very interesting point, uh, the time change, because that is the largest global experiment that is done on sleep, and it is performed on 1.6 billion people across 75 countries twice a year. And it's called Daylight Savings Time. And the sleep statistics associated with it are stunning. Now, what we find is that in the spring, when we lose one hour of sleep opportunity, there is, for example, a subsequent 24% increase in relative heart attacks the following day which I find remarkable. What's also interesting is that in the autumn, when we gain an hour of sleep, there is a 21% reduction in heart attacks. And what this tells us is how fragile our brain and our bodies are to even just the smallest alteration of sleep. I think many of us think nothing of losing an hour of sleep. Um, and we see exactly the same profile, by the way, for things like road traffic accidents on our streets, uh, tragically suicide rates as well. And there was also, oh gosh, there was a fascinating study done here in America that they looked at. They examined the harshness of federal judges. And what they found is that during that spring daylight shift, when they had lost an hour of sleep, they ended up doling out harsher sentences uh, because of the bad mood that they were in. <laughs> yeah, you desperately want to, in fact, get sentenced in the autumn uh, during that time shift when they gain an hour of sleep. And they'll say, OK, maybe it wasn't so bad. We'll give you parole. Off you go. <laughs> You've chosen next uh, Ombra Mai Fu from Handel Cersei, and uh, I think you particularly want to hear Cecilia Bartoli. Um, what's it about 
her voice and the way she sings this that so attracts you. Oh, it's the elegance that she creates. To me, it connects. It really does bring out uh, the emotion so powerfully in me. And the tempo here is so extremely slow. And for me, there's a sense of incredible weight to her phrases to the point where each time a phrase ends you know you wonder how the song will even pick itself back up and carry on that's how wonderful and weighty uh, the phrases are it's, it's almost moving through treacle it's this sleepy lethargy feeling and so i adore this and it's another sensational piece of music Thunder, lightning and storms never disturb your dear peace. Cecilia Bartoli with Ombra Mai Fu from the first act of Handel Cersei. Giovanni Antonini was conducting Il Giardino Armonico. Let's go um, to the different benefits of REM sleep. There are many benefits of both of those stages of sleep. All stages of sleep are important. I think that's the first point to make. But different stages of sleep do different things for the brain and the body at different times of night. And so, for example, REM sleep, one of the functions is emotional first aid. That uh, it's during dream sleep when we take these difficult, painful experiences that we may have had, emotional experiences, and REM sleep acts like a nocturnal soothing balm, just taking the sharp edges off those painful emotional experiences. Then deep sleep is a remarkable restorative process for the body. It's during deep sleep when our cardiovascular system gets an overhaul. Um, deep sleep you can think of as a, a form of natural blood pressure medication. We also know that it's during deep sleep when we recharge the immune system. And then finally, it's during deep sleep that we also help regulate our metabolic system so that we're much better at managing a critical thing uh, for our lives, which is our blood sugar levels, our blood glucose levels. It's a constellation of nighttime benefits that we can all receive uh, in repeat prescription if we choose to do so. I actually find, as a composer, that uh, I dream music um, and uh, the the important thing is to remember it um, and write it down, of course. We've now found many pieces of scientific evidence that affirms exactly your experience. And there's probably a reason, Michael, that no one's ever told you that you should stay awake on a problem. Uh, instead, you're told to 
to sleep on it. And, for example, Paul McCartney, uh, both Let It Be, the song came to him uh, in a dream. Uh, and uh, not to be outdone, uh, well, I should mention the, um, the Rolling Stones as well. There's a great story in Keith Richards' biography. And he describes that he would go to bed each night with his guitar by his bedside in a tape recorder. Um, and good, goodness knows whatever else in the bedroom <laughs> in the bed. Uh, and then he said, one morning I woke up and I noticed that the tape had run all the way through to the end. So I rewound the tape and played it. And there in some ghostly image were the opening chords of the Rolling Stones' most famous song, which was satisfaction, <laughs> and it came to him in a dream. And then he says, and then it was followed by 43 minutes of snoring. So um, so your intuition and your sense is absolutely right. Sleep is a percolator of creativity. I wonder how sleep changes as we get older. Many people think they need less, but is that right? Sleep changes profoundly across the lifespan. As we start to progress into the middle phases of sleep, and I'm that I am solidly in the foothills of middle age now, um, I'm experiencing already the changes in sleep. We can see a decline in your deep sleep, which is the most dramatic thing that changes in mid to later life. It's a great deep sleep depression, as it were. And in fact, once we're into our 70s, we may have only 20% left of the wonderful deep sleep that we were experiencing when we were young 20-year-olds. And once the time we get past 85 or 90 years old, we're down to just about 5% of that deep sleep. Now, it's not that older adults need less sleep. It's that older adults simply can't generate the sleep that they still need. And so the analogy here would be saying, well, as we get older, our bones become weaker. So older adults simply need weaker bones. And of course, we know that's not true. And we treat with supplements to try to help strengthen those bones. But we don't do the same with sleep. We don't pay it the same attention in later life. And we should because we are now finding significant links between sleep disruption and sleep deficiency and conditions such as memory decline and Alzheimer's disease. I can imagine somebody listening to us at home who has difficulties with sleep. What are the tips you find most useful for people? I mean, does it include avoiding alcohol? Um, what does it include? What things have people found particularly helpful that you often go back to? I think there are a number of things that can help optimise people's sleep. The first is regularity, trying to go to bed at the same time and wake up at the same time. The second is getting darkness in the evening. We are a dark-deprived society in this modern era, and we need darkness at night to encourage the release of a hormone called melatonin, which helps encourage and help time your sleep onset. So try to dim down half of the lights in your home in the last hour before bed. Uh, you'll be surprised at how sleepy that makes you feel. The third is temperature. Keep it cool. And we need to drop our brain and body temperature by about one degree Celsius or about two to three degrees Fahrenheit in order to fall asleep and then stay asleep across the night. 
And this is the reason that you will always find it easier to fall asleep in a room that's too cold than too hot. Don't stay in bed for long periods of time awake. And if it's been 25 minutes or 30 minutes and you can't fall asleep or you've woken up and you can't get back asleep, get out of bed. Go and do something different in dim light, you know, read a book or um, listen to a podcast. Uh, don't check email and don't eat because that trains your brain to do the same every night. And then the answer is only return to bed when you are sleepy. And there's no time limit for that. And that way your brain will relearn the association that your bed is this place of consistent sleep. Whereas if you lie in bed awake, your brain builds the association that your bed is the place of always being awake. You know, you'd never sit at the dinner table waiting to get hungry. So why would you lie in bed waiting to get sleepy? <laughs> and the answer is you shouldn't. Alan Sorensen is Church of Scotland Minister in Greenock. Alan has given us permission to broadcast some of his short God spots. And today he talks about canapes and chips. I went to a real posh do last week and I thought that we were going to get a good nosh up. However, when I got there, all that was on offer was champagne and canapes. Canapes? I'm from Glasgow. I want canapes and chips. I want a canapes supper. My pal with me said he didn't want the champagne, but he'd take a pint of canapes. Mind you, I suspect that lots of folk have exactly the same experience when they come into a church or hear some preachers. It seems that God has to be talked about in some terribly posh way with a polite accent. Rubbish. God is as earthy and ordinary as they come. Trust me, you can pray to God and he will answer you, even if you're eating fish and chips. But remember, don't speak with your mouth full. It's bad manners. Refined blessings to you. Jeremy Irons has recorded the Psalms from the authorised version of the Bible. Today we hear Jeremy reading Psalm 74. O God, why hast thou cast us off for ever? Why doth thine anger smoke against the sheep of thy pasture? Remember thy congregation which thou hast purchased of old, the rod of thine inheritance which thou hast redeemed, this Mount Zion wherein thou hast dwelt. Lift up thy feet unto the perpetual desolations, even all that the enemy hath done wickedly in the sanctuary. Thine enemies roar in the midst of thy congregations. They set up their ensigns for signs. A man was famous according as he had lifted up axes upon the thick trees, but now they break down the carved work thereof at once with axes and hammers. They have cast fire into thy sanctuary. They have defiled by casting down the dwelling place of thy name to the ground. They said in their hearts, Let us destroy them together. They have burned up all the synagogues of God in the land. We see not our signs. There is no more any prophet. Neither is there among us any that knoweth how long. O oh God, how long shall the adversary reproach? Shall the enemy blaspheme thy name forever? Why withdrawest thou thy hand, even thy right hand? Pluck it out of thy bosom. For God is my king of old, working salvation in the midst of the earth. Thou didst divide the sea by thy strength. Thou breakest the heads of the dragons in the waters. Thou breakest the heads of Leviathan in pieces and gave him to be meat to the people inhabiting the wilderness. Thou didst cleave the fountain and the flood 
thou driest up mighty rivers. The day is thine, the night also is thine. Thou hast prepared the light and the sun. Thou hast set all the borders of the earth. Thou hast made summer and winter. Remember this, that the enemy hath reproached, O Lord, and that the foolish people have blasphemed thy name. O deliver not the soul of thy turtle dove unto the multitude of the wicked. Forget not the congregation of thy poor forever. Have respect unto the covenant. For the dark places of the earth are full of the habitations of cruelty. Oh, let not the oppressed return ashamed. Let the poor and needy praise thy name. Arise, O oh God, plead thine own cause. Remember how the foolish man reproacheth thee daily. Forget not the voice of thine enemies. The tumult of those that rise up against thee increaseth continually.